Isn't it great to be here? Absolutely. I'm so excited to be here with you. Just real quick, hey, this is the Sunday before Thanksgiving, so happy Thanksgiving. Okay, happy Thanksgiving. We hope that you guys are with your families, have a great time, eat tons and tons and tons of food, all right? Okay, somebody's on a diet, I guess, all right? Get over your diet, enjoy it, you know. Hey, real quick, though, to let you know, we won't have church here Wednesday night. We want you to be with your family, spend time with them. Uh, I know that you'll be uh, blessed by that. We'll be right back here Sunday morning. It's going to be an awesome time. I'm really looking forward to it. Kicking off a new sermon series this Sunday coming up. And guess what we're rolling into? The Christmas season, right? We love the Christmas season, okay? So you're going to enjoy that sermon series that's coming your way. I promise you. But you know what? Before I get into the word this morning, um, a couple people kind of brought a couple of uh, uh, requests to us today that we want to remember in prayer. Uh, Brandon, you got a, a, a friend. Um, I think he was hit by a, a tree, fell on him. He's in a coma. We need God to intervene in that situation. Amen. The little girl, uh, Bree, that's in our community right now, we're going to pray for her and her family. We're believing that God's going to, God can do anything, can he not? Absolutely. So we're going to come together as the saints. We're going to pray right now, and we're going to believe God to move in these lives. And you know what? You have needs. You have things, difficulties, struggles that you go through in life. And I want to encourage you today that God is so big, so strong, so powerful, so all-knowing that he can take care of even the slightest thing that you may be going through. So let's pray. Father, we love you. We thank you for this day. We thank you, God, that we're here together in your house serving you, worshiping you. We thank you, Lord, for your spirit that we already have felt in this place, God. And we thank you, God, for the spirit that we're going to continue to feel as you're going to move upon every heart, every life that's represented here today. Our prayer, God, this morning is that you would open our minds and our hearts, that we will be receptive of your word, of your message, the very word, God, that you've intended for us to bring change and to challenge us, God, so that we can live lives that are better suited according to the plan that you have for us. But God, we also come before you this morning with many needs, many cares, and we lift them up to you today, many of which, God, that haven't been spoken of, but God, we, you know the need and we give it to you right now. We pray, Father, for the, for the guy that's right now that's in a coma. Be with him and his family, God. Let's see your hand move. We want to hear of a miracle-working moment in this man's life. God, we pray for the young girl in our community, God, right now. We lift her up to you, her, her and her family, God. We're asking you, Father, to be with them. And let's see, God, your miracle-working hand involved. Father, we love you so much. And we just come before you humbly today to say, God, thank you for all that you do. In Christ's name. And the church says, amen. amen and amen. Wow. Hey, I'll give you a head start. You're going to want to get into your Bible this morning, uh, obviously every morning, but go to Luke 10. All right. I'm going to give you a head start before we really get into it real quick. But I've been on this sermon series called I Choose. Okay. I've said this from the beginning. I, I've said it even when I was a youth pastor. Some of you who were under me as, as your youth pastor, you'll remember me saying this many times. And the statement is this. One of the greatest gifts God ever gave us, other than his son, Jesus Christ, is the freedom of choice, the freedom to choose. I'm so thankful that I serve a God who cares enough to allow us to what? Choose, to have choice. You know, what we need to understand is essentially, and I've said this for the last three messages, we are the sum total of the decisions that we make. Think about that. 
You're the sum total of the decisions that you make. Who you are today is because of some of the decisions that you have made yesterday or previously. But also, who you will become tomorrow will be determined by some of the decisions that you're making right now. The last uh, three weeks, we talked about different topics. One, purpose. We talked about purpose. Purpose over popularity. Understanding that we are to be consumed with pleasing Christ over the approval of other people. In other words, God, my purpose is to serve you. My purpose is to do your will. My purpose is to live according to your scripture. Even so, or even if, it means I become less popular within my community or the circle of friends or the family that I may have. The second week, we talked about surrender, surrendering over control. In other words, we're all kind of control freakish, right? I think I, I kind of threw that out there. You know, I'm a control freak when it comes to ironing, okay? I iron in the home. No one else does because they can't do it right, all right? She's not in here right now. Praise the Lord. So wherever we're trying to control something that's not ours to control, it reflects a really big spiritual problem. It does. When we're trying to control things that's not really in our control, it reflects a really big spiritual problem. And then the third thing we talked about last week was discipline. I choose the pain of discipline over the pain of regret. If you remember, we talked about you know, sometimes we do things that we don't want to do, and the things we want to do, we don't do. Why? Because we have a lack of discipline in our lives. There, l- listen, there's certain sins that you don't want to do, but these certain sins continually trip you up. You don't want to do them, but you lack discipline, so you find yourself caught up in them, and next thing you know, you're living a pain or a life of regret. Well, today, we're going to look at this. I want to introduce to you that our fourth and final choice that we're going to talk about, and I'm going to ask this question. How many of you would honestly say with me this morning, and be honest, you better be, you're in church, right? Got to be honest. How many of you would say honestly that sometimes you wish that you had more time to do something that was really important? Think about that statement. I'm glad I got a crowd over here who's being honest with me, right? Let me ask that again. How many of you would say honestly that there's sometimes that you wish that you had more time to do something that was really, really important? Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, we all do, right? I mean, think about this. In life, there's things that are important. You know, uh, spending time with our children, that's important. We want to have that time. Uh, spending time with our spouse, you know, that's important. Some of you are like, I need to spend less time with my spouse. We'll talk later. All right, I got to actually, you know how I always throw the spouse in there. Somebody asked me this, uh, this week, are you going to talk about the spouses again? Chances are I'm going to talk about their spouse again. All right, I'm big on marriage. You know, God created marriage. Amen. He did. All right. So anyway, um, we're big on, uh, you know, we, some things that are important to us. How about our hobbies, right? We, you got to have your escape in life. You know, you want to go fishing. People like to go fishing. That's important to you. You wish you had more time to go and do fishing. Go out on your boat. Go, go check an O's game out. That's me, right? I only get that like once a year, but I wish I could get more, you know? These things are important to us. But you know what happens? Stuff. Stuff. Stuff happens. Life, what? Life happens. The chaotic mess of life kind of takes over sometimes, doesn't it? I mean, we got to pay bills, so we got to work. 
That takes up the majority of our day, correct? You know, and then we get stuck up in the stupid stuff sometimes. You know, what is really, and, and, and I've even caught myself, and, and my wife has definitely caught me on it. And, and I, I tell her I do it because of church. But how many times do we waste, or how much time do we really waste social media-wise? Think about that. But yet then we go, well, I don't have time with my kids. I don't have time for my kids. I don't have time for the, you know, several, um, several weeks ago, I remember one afternoon, one, uh, I, I came home and, uh, from here at the church, and, and uh, you know, all I wanted to do, I just wanted to sit back for a few minutes. I didn't want to be bothered. I just, you know, it's kind of a stressful day. I just wanted to sit back, and, and, and you know, I was hoping to find, like, a, a, a rerun of, of, of uh, like, Gas Monkey Garage. Anybody like that show? All right, thank you. A couple of you do, all right? I like that show. And, you know, I'm, I'm looking for my DVR, and here comes the boys, you know, running into the room, and they're, what? come on, Dad, Daddy, Daddy, let's wrestle, let's wrestle, let's wrestle, let's, let's play cars, let's break out the Legos, let's do all this mess, right? And I'm thinking to myself, no, I just want to be left alone for a moment. And I remember looking at him going, no, just, you know what, go to your room, go play in your room, get away from me. And then it hit me, man, that's a lousy father, you know? And, and, and I recall going, wait a minute, time out. Let's play. Let's sit down. Let's spend time together. Let's not let something so dumb as a TV show get in the way of, of me and my children, me and my kids, that quality time in that moment. And you know what? That was what I needed in that moment, that time with my boys. So sometimes in life, it gets chaotic. And, and we get our, our time or, you know, gets dispersed in so many different ways. It just doesn't make sense. You know, we wish that we had time or enough time to do certain things in our life. In fact, have you ever noticed that when you ask people this question sometimes is, how's your day been? A lot of times I get this answer. And listen, I give this answer. In fact, I gave this answer to someone this morning and caught myself giving it to them and even told them I'm speaking about that today, by the way. They said, how, how are you doing? And I was like, busy. Just busy. I mean, think about that for a second. Life is busy. Most of you probably this week have some, in some way, some time or another, when someone asks, how are you doing? I'm just busy. Your spouse goes, how was your day? It was busy. You know, your kids are wanting to play. I'm too busy to, you know, mess with you right now. You know, I'm too busy to come to church. I'm too busy, God, to spend time with you. I'm too busy. You know, you never hear anyone say, wow, you know what? It's been a chill day. Just been relaxing. It's been sitting around doing nothing. Just doing whatever. Okay, you're retired. Thank you. All right? That's what I want to say to them in that moment. You're retired. Thank you. You know, I'm pretty determined of this. If Satan can't make us bad, if the devil can't make you bad, he's going to make you busy. He's going to make you busy. He's going to throw things at you that really don't mean that much. But in your mind, they're going to take precedence over everything else. Anything that he can to bring distraction, he's going to do it. How many of us wish that we had more time on our hands? All of us. We all wish that we had more time on our hands. Think about this. We all have time. This is, this is interesting. You, you might even want to write this down. We all have time for what we choose to have time for. We all have time for what we choose 
to have time for. We don't have time for what we don't give time for in our lives. So ultimately, what is that telling me? I have the power to choose. I have the power in my life to choose. I have the power in my life to make the choices that are detrimental to me. I have the power in my life to make the choices that are important to me. I have the power in my life to choose whether I'm going to be busy or not. You know, there was a scripture uh, that, that I talked about last week coming from John 16 and 33. And Jesus had, was speaking. He said, you know what? In this world, you're going to find trouble. In other words, in this world, problems are going to happen. Trouble's going to take place. Now, if you remember, I, 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 I quickly spoke about sometimes trouble happens in our life, not because of our own doing, though, right? Sometimes things just happen because decisions that other people make. And that really stinks. It really stinks. But there are also times when trouble happens because of the decisions or the choices that we make. Well, I want to kind of tie that in also with the busyness of our lives. Sometimes there's a busyness in your life that you can't control. You work a job. There's a specific time there that's laid out for that. You have to accomplish certain goals within that time frame. That time frame takes you away from your children and your spouse and your church. It takes you away from the activities that you enjoy most in life, those leisurely activities. So those are things that you can't control. However, there is portions of our day or portions of our week where we can control. You know, one of the rules that I have in my home as, as a pastor, and I love being a pastor, don't get me wrong. I absolutely love it. But from five o'clock on in the evening, that's my family time. Now, if there's something major that comes up in someone's life, absolutely, I'm the pastor. I'm going to be there for you. But if it's not that major, it can wait to the next day. I spend time with my family. That is, other than God, my number one thing is my family, and that's healthy. So we choose in life what is important. We choose the important over the urgent. Think about that. We need to choose the important over the urgent. Well, that doesn't make sense, Pastor. Can I understand? Urgent is important, but there's two really distinctive opposites here about urgent and important. Let me give you a couple of examples. Say you're a business owner and you're, you're conducting your business and you have an irate customer come up because of a practice that, that is happening within your business. They're upset. What are you going to do? You're going to respond in that urgency, aren't you? Absolutely. You should anyway if you don't. You're going to respond in that urgency. Now, but what is important? What would be important is that you begin to put practices in place ahead of time or thereafter to help regulate or, or to help minimize the customer's being upset. Think about that. That is important. Importance over urgency. If we're doing the important things, there'll be less urgencies in our life. I'm going to give you a, a quote here uh, from a man named Seth Godin, and he's, and he's a uh, marketing guru, and this is what he said in one of his books. If you choose what is important, you won't deal with as many things that are urgent. Wow. Think about that for a second. If you choose what is important, you won't deal with as many things that are urgent. Think about this for a second. And, and a car-wise, I mean, you know, you have the check engine light pop on on your car. You know what I mean? I know some people who take black electrical tape 
and kind of just put it over top. You know what I mean? So they don't have to keep looking at that because they don't want to take the time or the money to, that, that's needed to get the car fixed. Some of you are laughing because you've been there, okay? Or you know someone who's doing it. All right, don't look at anybody in the church because I don't need to know who's got car problems right now. But <laughs> if we're regularly maintaining the car and we're giving the oil, you know, the change that it needs. Look, I'm not a mechanic. I don't know a whole lot of stuff, right? I take it to people who do, okay? But... If we're doing the things we're supposed to be doing, hopefully those issues are less. Now, here's one that I get, uh, as a pastor, I get a lot, and, and, and I understand it. But what you need to understand is this. I get couples that will come to me and say, Pastor Kevin, it's urgent that we talk to you. If we don't talk to you this week, we could be in the divorce court. I've had that before. I've had people come to me like that. And that hurts. I feel for them in that moment. So in the urgent, that's, what they're, that's how they're responding. And guess what Pastor Kevin's doing? In the urgent, he's also responding with them to sit down with them and to help them. But the important thing would have been maybe as, as, as a spouse or as a married couple, we should pray together. Maybe, should we have, maybe we should have regular time of devotion together. Maybe we should give time for one another. Are you following me here? There's a difference between important and urgent. So many times we live our life just in the urgent, don't we? That's why we're so busy. We're so caught up in so many things. Well, we're going to get right into, into a story here in Luke chapter 10, starting with verse 38. This is what the scripture says. As Jesus and his disciples were on their way, he came to a village where a woman named Martha opened her home to him. And she had a sister called Mary. Now we're going to see here a, 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 a parallel of, or a comparison of urgency and importance. We're going to see that Mary chooses what's important. It says that Mary sat at the Lord's feet listening to what he said. Listening to who? Listening to what Jesus had to say. Mary chose in this moment what was important. Martha, however, did what many of us would do. I mean, think about this for a second. You have people come to your house. You do. You have people that come to your house. If you know they're coming to your house, what are you doing? You're preparing your home. You're cleaning your home. You're getting the mail off the counter. You know, you're, you're taking the laundry off the dining room table, right? You're, you're washing the dishes that have been sitting there for three weeks, okay? That's not my home. That's not my home, by the way, okay? No, I'm for real, for real. We wash, okay? But, you know... The laundry, that's the dirty laundry that's on the floor, you're picking them up. The Legos that are landmines for everyone's feet, you're picking up. You know, if you have company coming over, what are you doing? You're cleaning up. And what's amazing to me, though, is in this story, Martha is frantic. She's wigging out. All right, she's got to get, Jesus is coming. Jesus is there. She's going through and trying to clean the mess up as quick as she can. Now, just think, we do these things when a regular person comes over. Imagine if that person was Jesus who was coming to your house. How much more important, how much more crazy would it be, right? Verse 40 goes on to say, but Martha was distracted. She was distracted with all the preparations that were what? That had to be made. You know, we get distracted. I don't know about you. I, I get distracted in life. You know, situations come about. They distract us. 
Martha was distracted by the preparations. She had things going on in her mind. She had a different outlook than what Mary had in the moment. And so she was going about cleaning, trying to get the place set up. And here in a minute, we're going to read a scripture of what, what she says, but she ends up tattling, so to speak, on Mary. She's like, Jesus, don't you care? She's doing nothing to help me out. It goes on to say that, verse 40, Lord, don't you care? My sister has left me to do all the work by myself. Tell her to help me out. Tell her to help me out. She was distracted by the preparations. I wonder in my mind, how many of you and I, or how much of us, have we been faithfully pursuing and urgent and neglecting some of the things that are important? You know, bad things are happening right now in my life, so since bad things are taking place, now I'm going to attend church. I'm going to act in a sense of urgency. Because there's a real sense of need right now in my life, right now I'm going to spend a time of devotion to God. And, but you know what happens in this? In our minds, I'm just being very honest and, and transparent and, and also blunt toward you. But in our minds, we think to ourselves, this will only be a temporary time. This is only going to be seasonal that I'm going to do these things. Because we're trained to live our life one way the life that we've been living, the life that maybe sometimes doesn't consist of a regular devotion time with the Lord, a life that sometimes doesn't regularly consist of prayer time before the Lord or meditation time before the Lord. And so we act in the urgent. I'm going to be honest with you. This week I had something come to me, and uh, it, was, it was very disturbing for me. And when it, when it came to my mind... Um, I could feel the blood pressure inside just kind of like rise. You know what I'm saying? You've been there, right? We've been there. The, the, the anger, the host, not, not hostility, because that's not good for a pastor, but the upsettingness began to rise with inside of me. And you know what? In my mind, I was thinking, this is what I need to do right now. Boom, I'm going to tell this person, I'm going to tell this person, I'm going to tell this person, and this is what, bam, bam, bam. And I literally had to set myself down I said, wait a minute. Is that the smart thing to do? Is that the right way to respond? I was ready to respond in a sense of urgency in that moment. In a manner that most likely later on, and let's be honest, we've been here before, I would have regretted later at a later date. Someone would have been offended, someone would have been mad, and I would have had to try to patch things back up again. And that's not the way to do it. So you know what happened to me? I said, you know what? Wait a minute. Whew. I got to calm down. I walked right through these doors. I said this Wednesday night. I came right up to this altar, closed the doors, had worship music put on, and I spent a time of prayer before God. I'm not saying that in a boastful manner. Don't take it that way. I'm saying it in a manner that sometimes the wisest thing that we can do is shut our mouth. And to stay silent. And then what? Take it to God and say, Lord, this is yours. Because if I act in the urgent right now, it's going to be bad. Because if I act in the urgent right now, I'm going to hurt relationships. 
If I act in the urgent right now, I can make decisions that later on I could regret. So sometimes we have to step away and we have to say, God, not sometimes, all the time. We have to step away and say, God, this is yours. This is yours. You know, what are are some of the most important things in our life that we go through? Some of you would say, you know what? I'm a Jesus follower, but I've been distracted from spending time with him. Spending time in my daily devotion. Spending time feeding on his word. Spending time in in those prayer moments. Some of you would say, you know, some of the most important things is spending time with my kids. and, and, And I've allowed my kids' activities, though, to unfortunately rule my home. You know, they become a part of every club, every sport, every extracurricular activity it is. And next thing you know, the kid's running the home. And that becomes a problem. You know, some of the things that we say, you know, we've neglected, and I've been heavy on this. We've neglected our relationship with our spouse. And you know what that does? That ties into your kids. Because you know what the foundation of your home is? other than God, is a relationship that you have with your spouse. Your kids feed off of that, and you don't even realize it. Some would say, I've neglected my physical body. You know, uh, the whole deal of life is so busy, and I've heard this from people. Life is so busy that we don't eat properly. Fast food is what we eat. But yet we want to maintain a healthy diet. We want to maintain a healthy body. I don't have time to work out. I can't walk three days a week like I want to. Because why? Life is so busy. Don't we need to pay attention to the important things to make sure the urgent things don't become so huge in our life? I think so. You know, Martha, she was worried and she was upset about many things in verse 41. That is our life verse. It says, Martha, this is Jesus speaking. You're worried and upset about many things. Now, I don't want a show of hands here, but who's worried this morning? Think about that. Who was worried in your life? What are the things that are worrying you that are taking time up in your mind? Time that you will never gain back again. Jesus looks at, at, at Martha and says, look, you're worried. You're upset about so many things. He's saying, Relax. It's going to be okay. I'm going to have this under control. He says, you're worried and upset about so many things. And we hit a verse 42. But few things are needed and only, or indeed, only one. Mary has chosen what is better and it will not be taken away from her. You see, in this visit, in this moment where Jesus came to this home, we have two different individuals. One who was responding in urgency, who was caught up in the moment, who sees things incomplete, who sees things uh, in, in in a turmoil, so to speak. And then we have the other one who says, the most important thing that I can do right now is to use my time to be with the king, to be with Jesus. Martha, you're worried and upset about many things. I wonder if Jesus would say that about many of us this morning. If he would look at you 
and say, you're so worried about so much. You're upset about so much. There's such a sense of urgency in your life right now. You're responding to the urgent, but yet you've neglected the important. You've neglected the time with me. You've neglected the time with your family. You've neglected the time with your spouse. You've neglected the, the opportunities that have been given to you to make wiser choices. Martha surrendered to the urgent where Mary chose what was important. We can think to ourselves, well, Pastor Kevin, that, that, that's kind of where I'm at, but what do I do? How in life can I make this different? You know, I've, I've had uh, people come up to me before and they say, so Pastor Kevin, what's your week like? What do you do? How do you prepare for your messages? What's your timeline, so to speak? And I have to do something personal in my life. And it is our, our number one point here, our first point, And it is this. Create artificial deadlines. I have to do that. Think about this for a second. My message that I give to you each week is typically due on a Sunday at 11.35 a.m. Approximately. That's when it's due, right? Now, a lot of people think that a pastor, all he has to do all week is just prepare for a message for Sunday morning. That is so wrong. I just want to let you know this. All right? There's a lot to this life. And there's even more now that it's just me here doing it. All right? I'm just going to be honest with you. There's a lot of stuff. We, you know, anyway, I'm not going to get into everything. You don't want to know everything. But I have to create myself an artificial deadline. In my mind... I make sure that my messages are done Thursday at 12 noon. I do. The reason being is I love to spend time with my family as well as you love to spend time with your family. My wife usually doesn't work the weekends. My son is out of school for the weekend. So what does that mean? That means I need time with my family. I need time to what? Be filled. Now, if I'm doing like some ministers do, who procrastinate all the way to Friday night and all day Saturday. And my father used to do that as I was growing up. And I used to resent that. I'll be very honest with you. I used to resent that because I'd be like, Dad, all these other families are going out and they're doing all this cool stuff and I have to sit here because you're sitting in the study studying for Sunday. If you don't know, my dad was a, is a pastor or was a pastor. He's retired now. And, and I, we've had this conversation before. And one of the things he always told me as he got older and I was getting into this was always spend time and make time for your family. Sometimes we have to create artificial deadlines in our life to get things done. You know, in your life, what are some things that you have deadlines that you have to make every single day to get it done? Who in here likes to procrastinate? Yeah. That's not good. That's creating what? Urgency in your life. That's doing what? Taking time from the things that are what? Most important. I've had people say, you know, uh, man, I just don't have time for God today. My, my schedule is so busy. How do you not have time for God? Thank God God doesn't look at you and I and go, I just don't have time for you today. I have a world to Fix. Think about that. 
The second thing that, that we need to take a look at is be ruthlessly selective in your yeses. Be ruthlessly selective in your yeses. In, in other words, be incredibly careful and prayfully about what you're saying yes to. You have yes people that their schedule could be so crammed full, but yet they're still going to tell you yes, that they can do something they can fit you in. Now, we say we love those people. But inwardly, those people don't love you back because they're going, I can't get all of this done. Think about all the things that you've consumed your schedule with that are not necessary, but you have said yes to. And it's taken time away from what? What's most important to you. What is most important to you? I want you to think about that. What is the most important things in your life? It could be a couple things. That's fine. But what are they? What are the most important things in your life? It could be family. It should be God. It could be, you know, your work could be very important, especially if you're a business owner. That's extremely important to you. What are the things that are most important in your life? Our focus needs to be what is important over what is urgent. We consume our lives with so much. I'm guilty of it, just as well as you are. Where I will say yes to so many things, knowing inside, I just don't know that's possible that I can do that. You know, some of the smartest people say no to good things so they can say yes to the best things. Think about that for a moment. Some of the smartest people say no to good things so they can say yes to the best things. And then the third one, and this is my favorite here, is do first what matters most. And this is where I'm going to get you. Time with Jesus matters the most. Mary in that moment chose what was better, and that was to be at the feet of Jesus. It didn't matter about everything else that was taking place. That was only a momentarily moment. That, was only, that, that, that wasn't as important. The most important thing that we saw in these scriptures was her time with Jesus. There are those of us who are followers of Christ, and, but we're not doing that. We're not aligning our hearts to his kingdom every day. We're not seeking him first in the morning. We always say we need more time in our schedule, don't we? we, we sometimes we say that the, the saying is, you know what, I, I need more. I need, if I had more time in the day, I could get more things done. No, you wouldn't. You would just say yes to more things. Or you would procrastinate what? To more things. I believe that it's healthy. And it is so important for us as the body of Christ, as believers, to start every single day with a time with the Lord, with time with Jesus. You know, I do my best every morning. First thing I get up, I get up, I make my coffee, I sit down. I only drink one cup, by the way. I'm not like 20 cup person like some of you. You got issues. 
But I sit down with one cup. I go on my, my, my computer. I go to my, to my YouVersion app. And I hit my daily reading plan. And I begin to read. And I read the scriptures that God's placed in front of me through the plan. And I say, God, help me in my decisions today. Help me to make decisions that are wise. Help me to make decisions that line up with your will, your plan, the desire that you have for my life. The most important things we put first should be time with Jesus every day. Matthew 6 and 33 says this, You seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and then everything else will be added to it. In other words, this, God, Give me the mind of Christ that I might think of things to honor you. Give me the eyes to see only what is pure. Give me the ears to hear your spirit speaking. May my mouth be what? An encouragement to everyone. May I speak your truth. May my heart shy away from the deceitful things. God, give me a pure heart that I may serve you. God, use my hands today to bring glory to your kingdom. God, direct my steps. So that my, in my feet that I will go where you want me to go. But we make excuses. Or you can make progress. You see, we're talking about I choose. The last four weeks, counting this one, I have given you four topics that you can choose about. Purpose. Surrender. Discipline, and then the importance. These are life applications that you can put toward your life that we get the definition through Scripture that what God is wanting to do in your life is to build you up as an individual. You see, listen, I love emotion. I don't want, to, I don't want you to get this wrong, what I'm about to get into, but I love the emotion. I love the emotion of the Scriptures. I love the emotion of the Holy Spirit moving and working in our lives. But I love even more the power that's in God's word and the life application that's in God's word. Because when we're applying the word and we're applying the life application that's given to it, when we get into the emotion, it becomes real and real change begins to what? Happen and take place in the lives of believers and even in the lives of the sinner. But when all we're doing is looking for an emotional roller coaster, you're getting no substance and you're not gaining any ground spiritually in your life. So God tells me to have purpose. He wants me to have purpose over popularity in my life. He wants us to fulfill the purpose that he has for your life, the plan that he has for your life. He wants you to fulfill the will that he has for your life. He wants you to surrender as well. Surrender to him. Surrender your control. We try to control our lives in every aspect. Sometimes we make decisions without prayerfully going before the Lord. And oftentimes their decisions are extremely detrimental to the future. If you remember, you are today a product of what you, you decided on yesterday. And what you're going to be tomorrow is going to be because of the decisions that you make right now. And then we looked at discipline. God, there's things that I want, want the most out of in life. But yet, for some reason, I keep doing the things that I don't want. Because I keep getting tripped up. I keep falling. I keep messing up. I keep falling into the trap. It's because we've not become disciplined. 
Disciplined what? In his word. Disciplined in prayer. Disciplined in coming into the house of God. These things are in what? Important. We shouldn't act as though they are urgent. However, sometimes it takes the urgent for us to realize the importance. You see, some of you right now are going through very urgent things. As Martha was in that moment, yours might be even more significant. It could be urgency over, over, over a loved one. It could be urgency over friends. It could be a work situation. It could be within relationships. You could actually be feeling urgency within your spirit because you've not been doing or living the way that you know that you should be doing and living. And God is trying to open our eyes here and saying, look, there's a much better way of doing this. If we can say, live a life of consistency, a live a life of discipline, and we allow the word of God to be a part of our life every single day, and we allow that time with him. See, I'm big on it. I hope you've got that by now. There probably will never be a message that I don't harp on this somewhere along the way. You see, Jesus loves us. And, and one of the greatest things that he has ever done for us is he forgives. He forgives our lack of purpose. He forgives our lack of surrender. He forgives our lack of discipline. And he forgives our lack of recognizing what is important. You see, some of us today, we need to repent. We need to say, God, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sorry that, Jesus, you have not been on the forefront of my life. That the time with you isn't what is, matters most of my life. I'm sorry that, God, I've neglected my family or my spouse and the important time with them I've neglected it, and now we're in a, in a situation that is not comfortable. See, God wants to do so much more in your life than where you're currently at. You know, um, you can come up. He wants to do so much more in your life than where you're at right now. He loves you. He gave his son, Jesus Christ, for you. He's given us his word to bring life application to us so that we can make changes. There's some things that I, I reflect on and, and I, I, I continually try to reflect on my own life. And there's some things spiritually that I reflect upon myself that I don't like. That God, I need more discipline even in me. I need more purpose even in me. I need more surrender even in me. I want you to stand with me this morning. Pastor Greg Rochelle made this quote. He says this, you can make excuses or you can make progress, but you cannot make both. You can make excuses or you can make progress, but you cannot make both. Have you ever been in a time in your life where it seemed like you just had to make excuse after excuse after excuse and you saw no traction happening? There was no gain. Nothing was really propelling forward. Instead, you were actually losing ground. Versus times where you were aggressive. Aggressive in, 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 in the traction. Aggressive in moving forward. Not being a person of making excuses, but making the right choices and moving ahead. What did you see? You saw yourself gaining. 
You see, I've found myself at times making excuses and making excuses is in our proud time. Making excuses is a time where you sit back and you reflect on yourself and you're like, you're thinking in your mind, I should have did things better. I should have did things differently. You know, this morning, this message is to say, I don't want you to go through that. I know that there's going to be times where you're going to go through it. We're human. We're, we're not perfect. We make mistakes. We make dumb choices. But man, I sure would like them to be a lot fewer and far between than what they are right now. I think we could all say, you know what, Pastor Kevin, that's what I want for my life. I'm not singling anyone out because I think this is a message that should, in some way or some short, some, some way or some fashion, inspire you a little bit. Say, you know what? I've responded to the urgent so long that I have forgotten what the important is. There's things in my life that I know that are important that I need to do. The first one is time with Jesus. Time with Jesus should be our most important thing every single day. I don't care if it's just for a few moments or a half an hour or an hour. I don't care. But it should be the first thing we do is spend time with God. I mean, what better way to kick off your day, right? So I'm going to close this morning a little different than I have in the last couple of weeks. Last couple of weeks I did an altar call, but I'm not going to do that today. Because I think this is something that we all go through. I think this is something that we all struggle with. I will say this. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, I'm inviting you to come see me before you leave here today because I will pray with you and it will be an exciting moment for you to commit your life. But those of you this morning who are followers of Christ, you want to say, Pastor Kevin, I fall in that urgent over important. That's me. I, I tend to just continually be a, a person who is, you know, reactive rather than proactive. You know, a reactive person reacts in the urgent. A proactive person lives in the importance, making better choices, setting things up for life to be a little bit easier, making God as a head. So let's pray. Father, I thank you this morning for all of us. I thank you, Father, for every person who is here today. And God, we love you. Lord, you've shown us through your word that many of us live our life like Martha. We're worried about everything around us. We're worried about what others see. We're worried about the popularity or, or the, the self-control. We're worried about the distractions. We're worried about the urgencies. Instead, Lord, we're not looking at purpose. We're not looking at surrender. We're not looking at discipline. And Lord, we're surely not looking at what is important. My prayer this morning, God, is for all of us in this room that we begin our focus. First thing daily is upon you. God, that you are first in our lives and you are the most important thing in our life. God, if we, as followers of you, are lining our lives up with your word, with your will, with the plan that you have for us, difficulties that we go through life won't seem as large as what they have in the past. The struggles won't seem as huge. The trials won't seem as detrimental. So God, my prayer today is that you would help us all. 
Help us all to gain our focus again. Our focus on you. Our focus on your word. Our focus on our worship. Our focus on our time when we could come into your house and to glorify you and to give you thanksgiving and to give you honor and to give you praise. All of which, Lord, you so desire. So God, help us to be as Mary was. She saw the importance. So she knelt at your feet. She communed with you. She spent time with you. So this morning, God, help us to do that in our lives. Daily, Lord, that we will spend time with our Father. So God, I thank you. I praise your holy name. We worship you, Lord, and we love you. And God, my prayer today is that you're with every individual as they leave this place. That God, when they get into this craziness of this world and they get out of this bubble that we're in right now here in this church, that they will continue to, to see you as their God, as their Lord. That their focus, Lord, will be upon you and not upon the distractions. So God, be with us. Encourage us. Protect us. Your word tells us, Lord, let the words of our mouth and the meditation of our heart be acceptable to you. For you, Lord, are our strength and our redeemer. In Jesus' name, and the church says, amen and amen. We love you guys. Have a happy Thanksgiving.